0: of that's rap podcast i'm your co-host jay rosales joined by my co-host dre and we have jason back i know he missed out yes, last sir. week yes yes he's here to join us and last with us longer than paul pierce last with espn um to get that in there he's he's living life though he's
1: apparently a bad boy for life so uh nice did you really have to compare me with
2: paul
0: pierce no no that was a bad that was bad i just just needed to get a jab in there for for you know what makes
2: me the happiest about all of that and you know not that i can compare but he did all of that you know with the the you know the the strippers or whatever they were you know the 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 degradation of throwing chips and you know not caring about his wife and kids live and like he only had like 250 or 300 people watching him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's more it yeah. now, but like at the time it's like, "You're wow, like, wow, way to go out to like, like a, like a handful of people. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Like what a sad individual. Well, I'm
1: more impressed that he actually knew how to use like
2: Instagram live. Well, maybe he did it. Maybe this was all an accident because we don't maybe. know if he staged this or it could have been a whole accident where it's like, hang on a second, I try to call my grandma. Hang on, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I was I, actually I trying to call my. Mom show her who I'm with. And it's like, wait a second. Yeah, yeah. Who are these
1: four hundred people? Who this call. <laughs>
2: And yet, yeah, he had
0: that yeah, meme right exactly. of him uh, at the game with at a game a long time ago with two phones in his hands. He probably thought this was yeah. his, his burner phone or something, and it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, showing yeah
2: stuff, right? <laughs> Actually, that's a, that's a very fair point. But I could safely say that this isn't the first time he shit himself on live. For, for hey, us all. there we
0: go. <laughs> there. It See, is. this is the thing: is the there Raptors is. the Raptors just got uh, manhandled by by the Chicago Bulls, including a fake comeback at the end? But this is why we need to start off bad-mouthing paul pierce because we need these types of things to lift up our spirits and dre let's throw it over to you first how you doing man
2: well uh i guess one last final thing about uh pp paul pierce um all i could say (laughs) is that uh you know the raptors may have pooped the bed on this one but at least they didn't poop themselves so uh, i'm doing all right you know i've I've faced facts the raptors aren't going to do too well this year and even if they do it's going to be the the play-in game so we're kind of in that limbo so either way we might see the playoffs and you know Mm -hmm. might get eliminated early but we make it or we do well in the draft so we're sucking but but i'm happy so i'm trying to find the positives and we got a few positives mainly on mr gary trent jr who i'm really loving so we're gonna get more to that good stuff uh jason how are you doing because we we missed you last week
1: uh yeah i i appreciate you guys uh calling me on on last weekend i i I wanted to come on, but you know, I think, like you said, Dre, there was a little bit too many cooks in the kitchen, but you guys did a wonderful job with the guys from Let's Go Warriors podcast. It was a great episode. And the thing is, they had no idea that what was coming (laughs) for that, for that uh, Raptors versus Warriors. But before we go through all that, I can't believe we went through like five minutes talking about Paul Pierce. I I can't believe that. But before we do that, welcome everybody to That's a Rep Podcast, a podcast for Raptors fans, my Raptors fans. And Paul Pierce haters. Uh, and Paul Pierce haters, exactly. And I guess Boston Celtics in general haters. But we do this rotation of, um, you know, Twitter, where all three of us kind of take on uh, the tweets during the games. I was the one who graciously took on the Chicago game. But I just want to say, man, like, the Raptors were down to only eight available players. They were at, you know, a quote-unquote hometown that were, you know, yelling mm-hmm. boo and. And versus, <laughs> versus a Chicago fully Chicago uh, fully healthy Chicago team who are right in front of us in the standing. So they were playing for this meant something to them. So I was happy Uh, for the I will obviously I wanted the W but I was happy about the outcome of you know, spicy played fantastic Boucher was out of his mind. But before we get into that game in particular, a lot of things has happened this week. I felt like I've missed so much and I, I sorry if I keep on rambling on, but there's so much that's happened. Coming from like the blowout win against the Warriors and then follow that up with a Gary Trent Jr. buzzer beater, follow that up with uh, a blowout against the Lakers and like a, a suspension and then now that we have news about an actual center coming to the to the team. <laughs>
2: Jay. An actual center. So, I an mean, like, <laughs> actual center. Aaron Bates, but an actual center <laughs> <laughs> who could actually help our team. I don't know, but Jay, can
1: we like try to kind of put everything together? See what after just one week, so much has happened, man. Tell me, let's spill some tea, brother.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, you touched upon a lot of things there that were definitely good to to talk about. And I think the first person we we should probably mention is Gary Trent Jr. I mean, he's the newest Raptor, and in a span of three straight games, he really has set his uh, set the tone as not just you know he he's not sitting around and and. Not making a mark, he's making his mark immediately. You mentioned the the Warriors game; he managed to set a franchise record of plus fifty four. That is just three off the that's NBA crazy. record of plus fifty seven. So that's that's, that's one true. way to kind of win over the fans. Another way yeah. is by hitting a buzzer beater against the Washington Wizards, which happens to be kind of a uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's it's like a, a initiation of sorts. For a, a Raptor to hit a buzzer beater on the Wizards. You know, Corey Joseph <laughs> has done so, yeah, Morris yeah. Peterson. The, the list is actually quite long and, and quite, you know, dreadful to look at if you're a Wizards fan. But Trent Jr. hit one just after that wonderful Warriors game. And then, of course, there was that Lakers beatdown. So not that, not that much to talk about there. But I think that the the main takeaway from the Gary Trent Jr. experience so far is that OGN and Obi also has a new best friend. So I'm loving mm-hmm. everything about Starboy. Dre, do you have any thoughts on 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 GTJ or Starboy or however you want to call him?
2: Uh yes, uh, first off, he does look like The weekend. He does look like Abel. So I am all for that. Uh, I'm all for, you know, us having Drake and The weekend on the team. So that's uh, very fitting. Secondly, I love his game. I feel like this guy this guy, if you, if you plopped him in, well, New Orleans this year is pretty good, but in general, New Orleans or Minnesota or, you know, just a franchise that just is down on its luck and just isn't going anywhere, he'd still play his heart out. He'd still try his best. The fact that it was, like, his fourth game, I think, and during the Lakers, uh, you know, that that um, brouhaha between – uh, Schroeder and, and OG. He
0: oh, we'll was the get first guy there.
2: He was the first guy there. Just just to, to briefly preface it a little bit. He was the first guy there. And he's like brand new. So the fact that he's like this into it, this committed, and then you actually look at his gameplay. The guy could shoot. The guy's got tenacity. The guy's got energy. He's got fire. It almost feels like a lot of these losses that we've had, okay, excluding that Lakers one, because that was just a whole different vibe, but The other losses that we've had with him here, it's almost like you could still see life now back again in Siakam and in in various other players. Baines is still lifeless, but that's just a whole different story. But (laughs) it feels like there's this rejuvenation, not because Norman Powell's gone. Norman Powell's fantastic, but it almost feels like Gary Trey Jr. is just so much fun to play with, and he's just so reliable, and he's just so invigorating Mm -hmm. that, it almost feels like we're getting that boost even in our losses, but then, which is really sad to say, because we're having such an off season, but for the first time in a while, we've won two games in a row and they were predominantly because of him. So I'm really liking this so far. Norman Powell being gone is very sad. I I still miss the guy and I think he's going to be fantastic in Portland and for these years to come. But I'm really, really liking the signing so far. Like I'm really liking the fact that we have this guy. I
1: think the best part about Trent is you're right. He gives like a different kind of energy and he's winning over the Raptors fan bases very, very quickly, uh, with his play, with his shooting. Albeit against the bulls today. I think he went like two, four, eight or something with only six points. So it wasn't a very good game for, uh, for Trent today. Um, but outside of, outside of that, I mean, he has played very good for the Raptors. And when you have a good trade that helps out both teams, uh, you know, for Norm with Portland and Trent for the Raptors, that's what, good trade is that's that's the beauty of a trade sometimes you don't you you, normally you'll see like who's the winner who's loser when it comes to trades but i just feel like the both players fit very well in both teams so we're very glad that norm is playing with the team that has you know playoff aspirations And at the same time i feel like trent fits in very well playing with fred playing with og playing with siakam and in this game against um the bulls i thought he played very well with boucher so yeah i agree with you guys i mean trent has been very good uh for us and i'm really excited when the team actually comes back to full health i don't think we have very many games left so it's going to be interesting to see how he's going to implement himself into the lineup and i love i love the duo not only because of the hairstyle but i love the duo with Bembry and trent <laughs> i just love the dreads going on for both teammates man
0: yeah, and you know what? And you know, before I step into some of the Bembry news, I'll just—I think I just wrap this this little Trent segment uh, love affair with with a stat that I threw out on Twitter yesterday. That uh, between Trent and Lowry, they're actually the the oldest and youngest Raptors right now, both in age and in tenure. I think that's a bit eye opening because Trent Junior. Is already in his third season in the league, but he is still the youngest player on this team. So that's that's more of a what we've seen so far is just a, a tiny glimpse of what the Raptors' future holds. He is a re- restricted free agent, so you'd expect Masai or Bobby to kind of pony up some money there and, and make sure that he's set because mm-hmm. we can already see that he's going to be part of this core moving forward. Now, you mentioned Bembry, he was... And also, Dre, you had mentioned uh, a certain scuffle, which um, Trent Jr. was also a part of against the Lakers. Mm-hmm. The the outcome of that scuffle... Actually, maybe we should describe it a bit here, where uh, OG was on a breakaway, and Schroeder comes down and just mauls OG. and on onto his, OG. He does, he does. It was like a, a backpack on him. And uh, yeah. I, I found a, a funny, um, I guess... Guess as to what happened there, and it caught me thinking Did OG think that he was holding his arm and not his leg? <laughs> because <laughs> the way in which he reacted, he he lifted up. So, what happened was he lifted Dennis Schroeder's leg, and of course, that upended him, and that just caused this whole fight. But the way in which he lifted him so easily, and, and Schroeder's not a, a big guy, I could kind of see him mistaking it for an arm. And accidentally like, dropping him.
2: Oh, I think he was OG. trying to do it very slowly, though. I think immediately, Maybe, yeah. you know, your
0: initial reaction was he immediately said sorry, right? Like of you don't yeah. just drop someone like that and not and just apologize right away. I think he genuinely thought it was his arm
2: or something. Like, okay, so this is. I'm going to get into a mini rant here, and I apologize, Jason. I'm going to get into a mini no, rant. No, no, no. Go for it. So. Because I saw this live and I think everybody, including, you know, Jack Armstrong, all the announcers, everybody was like, what in the hell kind of decision is this? So in the action or like in the act of it happening, it looks like a lot goes on. It looks like maybe he did drop him. Uh, Schroeder is really angry. And it's like, okay, wow, this is like what just came out of this. So what do they do? They review the tape. And what happens when you review the tape? You understand. This whole thing is a misunderstanding. So um, they get tangled up. Uh, Schroeder is not letting go because he doesn't want OG to fall. OG basically reverses positions because he's either mistaking, mistaking his limits, as you said, Jay, or he is trying to put him down gracefully in his own way. So they don't both fall. They don't get injured. Schroeder misunderstands it, gets upset. Immediately OG backs off. Tread gets in the way. Montrez Harrell tries to defend his, his pal. And, you know, immediately it feels like they basically settle what it is, you know, heatedly, but they, they settle what it is. Og's Like, you know, I didn't do anything. And if you review the tape, you could see that there is no malice. And even Schroeder, who's like the angriest of the two, uh, I would argue even more than, than Montres or and even more than Gary Trent, you know, you could tell that he misunderstood what was going on. So you look at this and they spent like five minutes looking at this or however long, Reviewing it, going back and forth, back and forth. You look at it and it's like, okay, I get it. They misunderstood each other. Let's just calm things down if we must, because the bench cleared and whatnot. Let's just give up maybe a couple technicals. No, they get ejected, which is the stupidest thing. So you have you have OG and who made a mistake who gets ejected. And it's not Schroeder who initiates the like the the like the actual scuffle who gets ejected as Montrez who jumps in and try to protect the guy. So in that case is it Gary Trench just as guilty? So none of these ejections make any sense. It's just so drastic and so stupid. Jeez, like if the if the officiated could not get even more stupid this season. I, that's all I'm going to say. At most it should have been maybe a couple of technicals. But like come on. So
1: okay, one thing I'm going to say is I think OG is much more stronger than he thinks. He... Absolutely. He is still growing into his body. And, you know, Dennis Schroeder, he's a professional NBA basketball player, so he's a lot stronger than any of us on this podcast. But he's much smaller than OG. So, yeah, you're right, Jay. I don't think, like, OG really knew what he was doing. He probably thought it was an arm. He probably was thought he was even trying to help uh, Schroeder get up. But, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately, he probably just lifted his hips and did, like, some sort of uh, uh, squat up and crouch, and then, you know, it looked like a suplex uh, on the other end. So it looked pretty bad uh, from, you know, outsider's perspective. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, Dre. I think technicals probably would have been fine. Uh, I don't see the ejection appeal. Now, it wasn't only that that went on, but not only did uh, OG and Mantra's Hail get fined, 20,000 and 30,000, respectively. But then you got Fred Van Vliet, DeAndre Bembry, and Lakers, Town Horn, Tucker get suspended for one game for leaving the bench. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that there is a whole rule, which I think is really dumb, that if you leave your bench, you're going to get suspended no matter what. And the only people that can de escalate a situation from the teams would be the coaches. And the fact that they took so many days. Um, to review this and figure out, you know what, we're gonna have to suspend Fred and DeAndre and Talon Horton Tucker because they left the bench, but still understand that they were just trying to de-escalate the situation. I just feel like that's like that—that's a rule I understand, but shouldn't there be some sort of leeway? They weren't trying to like stick up for their teammates; they were literally trying to hold people back. Yeah, and I even watched like uh. A small video of why taylor horton uh, tucker got suspended yeah. he literally <laughs> ran like maybe three steps maybe that's three it. steps three steps away Vogel, from the bench yeah that's exactly all it and it pushed them back and it was like oh my god i would be pissed if i was taylor so i think that's really dumb but i do understand that if the rule is a rule you get you you jump off your bench you're you're going to be suspended now this is what i'm going to ask you guys okay mm-hmm. what happens all, all those times when you have a bench reaction in a positive way, let's say an N1 or a dunk or a poster, and you get all these guys on the bench running around, sometimes on the court. They're trying to help out their player after the N1. They're trying to hype up their team uh, running up and down the court. Do Does that, it, it, because it sh- they're gumming off their bench? Would it that should. be a, you know what I mean? Like, it should
2: because, you know, technically... They're standing up off the bench, but they're not coming off the bench in a metaphorical way where they're entering but, the court.
1: But sometimes they do. I've seen plenty right. of times where even Kyle Lowry and Fred Van help out their teammates after an N1 and they're on the court. So if you're talking about situational, then why not look at what Fred and DeAndre were trying to do, who they're trying to de escalate the situation? Yeah, I'm just saying,
2: let's just I'm say, I'm not a ref, but damn. Yeah. Let's just say, uh, Montres connected he would have potentially like knocked og the hell out like Montres is frightening so what were they trying to do they're trying to de-escalate and I, I i'm in full agreement i think the problem is and this is why the ejections happen in the first place i feel like the refereeing has become like this big ego trip where it's not even like a circumstantial thing anymore outside of the fact of maybe the rest not liking you or you get on the, like you get in their bad books but in general it's like we're going to use opportunities to flex. And to me, it feels like they saw this opportunity to flex where it's like, maybe this wasn't as bad as we thought. But players are heated. They're obviously angry. Let's just eject two people. So Montrez shouldn't have come where he came. We're going to eject him. But this is where it makes like the least amount of sense. You know, if they're going to do like, a, like an equalizer, why would they have picked OG, who made a mistake instead of uh gary trent who did literally the same thing as much as harold so it's like agreed yes it doesn't make it like that still doesn't make any sense but uh, you know at the same time it's it's clearly an equalizer type thing where it's like and this is what i hate when people are like you know my dad says this a lot and he means well it's like you know the referee you know he because they, they gave us a ghost call the previous thing and they didn't call something. Now they're, they're making up the call. It's like, you shouldn't have to make up the call. That's not what refereeing is. Refereeing is right. about you call what happens or you don't, if it doesn't happen. Like if you travel, you travel, you call it every time. Mm-hmm. And I get that there are mistakes mm-hmm. and you can miss it, but there are so many like leeway things and like, Oh, well we're going to allow it this time or, you know, whatever. So when it comes to this whole thing about, you know, emptying the bench, either call it every time when it's like a celebration like that because i have seen times where they have like given warnings and stuff either do it every time don't do it all at all unless it's like a serious thing like like it's just ridiculous because i know Mm -hmm. that so much of this in the last year especially without crowds because they, they can't get antagonized by the crowds they can hear stuff that the players are saying so much of this stuff is a flex like you just know that it is yeah. yeah.
1: So th- the implication of this is kind of uh further into like our bench and-, and the raptors because Fred Van Vliet, who is uh injured still, is going to have to serve this the suspension after he comes back healthy, which sucks because this News of him being suspended came out after the fact that the Raptors said that he is injured for the next game. So he actually can't say the Raptors can't be like, "Oh, he's actually uh, not injured, so we're just going to uh, uh, yeah. he's going to serve suspension." So that can actually happen. Um, now there, this is where we turn into the positive.
0: Oh wait, hold on, hold on. Before you guys, on, sorry. Before you get to the positive, okay, okay, let me just quickly wrap up one thought on Fred VanVleet and this and this leeway that you're talking about, Dre, and and if we're talking about this being a subjective thing that that the NBA is going to enforce, what about the leeway towards Fred Van Vliet's mannerisms? Did you notice how when he got off the bench, he noticed something was going to happen and that he was probably going to be stepping on the court? The man took the time to put on his mask. So, if he's being (laughs) considerate enough... (laughs) Oh, that's so true. If he's being considerate (laughs) enough to put on his mask, do you think he's really trying to brew up more of this fight yeah no, man this is a peacemaker
2: that's actually so uh, the, i i know that that's kind of in jest, but that's actually a very valid point because you know that he didn't do it in haste he didn't do it irrationally that's actually a very good point mm-hmm.
0: but i digress you're right he's gonna miss <laughs> at least two games so it is what it is but yes <sighs> uh, please let's move over to the positive jason yes so Outside of you know,
1: only having eight available players uh, who face the Chicago Bulls, we don't know who's going to play because um, DeAndre Bembry has already served his suspension from this today's game. We don't know about Lowry. We don't know about Harris. Um, you know, we're shorthanded. Let's just put it that we're shorthanded. So news came out today that Canadian Kem Birch from the Orlando Magic, the Orlando Magic is, is planning to waive. Ken Birch probably to make room for Mo Bamba and the rest of the young guns of the Orlando Magic uh, and the most likely landing spot for Ken Birch is your Toronto Raptors. Now, Ooh. I, you know, I'm not going to say here, I'm not going to sit here and, and say I'm not excited. But but I don't really know too much about him. I know that <laughs> him and Nick Nurse have a chemistry because the team can, of course. It's always nice to have another Canadian uh, beside Boucher. Imagine a Boucher and Birch Canadian tandem for the center position. That's amazing. But Jay, do you think you can give us a little bit of like the stats, the numbers, what he's done for Orlando? I know he's going to be a free agent this summer, too. So that's going to be very interesting. Uh, but yeah, what are your thoughts, man?
0: Cam Birch, uh, there's some good news and some bad news with him. The bad news is if you were to just look at his traditional stats, he's basically Aaron Baines. No! The good the good news is, the good news is, he's not Aaron Baines. He does not have Aaron Baines' hands or scissor hands or whatever you want to call them. I
2: wish they were scissor hands. No, they're butterfingers.
0: But the thing is the this is this is gonna be very um I guess this is very much against my own thinking i you know me guys i I love my numbers but he is someone who does not his the eye test does not match the numbers and orlando as we all know has a lot of big guys they'll play Ken birch alongside rusevich they'll play him alongside isaac and mobamba so his numbers aren't going to be that great because the other guys are going to be grabbing those numbers when you the eye test though tells us that he is someone who's very fast on defense. He switches from position to position very easily. He actually is very good at grabbing offensive boards, something that we really lack. He is stronger than he looks Um, offensively. He's uh, again, he's, he's kind of a work in progress there, but at the same time, he has, you know, that experience behind him, as you were mentioning, Jason with the, the national team, he is a better, basically he's a better rebounder than what the numbers say. And that's, any any kind of rebounding, to be honest, is is a good <laughs> sign. Um, the fact that Toronto will now employ two Montreal centers is pretty damn cool. Uh, yeah. I heard, uh, I believe, former guest uh, of of the pod, Kelsey O'Brien, suggest the name um, La Ronde for uh, the the Montreal Twin Towers. There, uh, I I, Interesting. I like that. I like that. Okay, uh, okay. I'm sure we'll hear hear many more. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's another center, but someone that who we've needed and you know what, someone who I believe, and I'm pretty sure this will come out at some point, the Raptors were probably targeting at the trade deadline and look at that. They got him for free. Well, not for free, mm-hmm. but like they got him without having to trade away anyone. So mm-hmm. good on the Raptors. He will be, uh, I believe he clears waivers on Saturday. So he might be in, in, in time to, for Saturday's game. He is obviously coming from Orlando and that's just a short drive away from Tampa. So of the
1: 48 games that he's played, uh 20 minutes per game, 5.3 points, 5.1 rebounds, 1.1 assists, assists, uh 45% field goal percentage. Honestly, I guess, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I I kind of at this moment, yeah, we just need bodies, man. And I was kind of in um anxious about what Bobby and Masai were going to do because like time will tell. What do you what is this Raptors team trying to do? right? Honestly, honestly speaking, are they trying to build and build their young guns or are they trying to make this play in tournament? Because we all know that if the Raptors make it to the actual playoffs, not let's, let's, you know, go past a playoff tournament. Let's say that we make it those two games or three, three games that a play in tournament we go into the playoffs. Whoever faces us, we're going to be a hard out. And I know it, I know it. People are going to be scared. Teams are going to be scared to face the Raptors in the first round. So it just depends on like, what are we trying to do? You know, we obviously, obviously we have uh, something going on with the center position. We had, we don't get enough rebounds, but we still have a core that could push us through possibly the second round. I really do believe that. So with, an and we don't know if this is true yet, it's still, you know, pending, but hopefully if Cambridge does clear waivers and does decide to uh, sign with Raptors, Dre, do you think that would we, we can make a final push to the playoffs?
2: If we were the West, no. But luckily we're the East. And let me tell you, if you look at this East lineup, what like what's gonna be, you know, the eighth spot and it this is very weird. We might have to, you know, all things considered, play as much as I hate to say it, a struggling Boston Celtics to get into this playoffs like into the playoff spot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean look at them, they're in eighth. So they're not, they're not having fun either. Similar problems are having a center problem. So, you know, it's either that or, like, the Knicks, who are doing a lot better than I anticipated uh, possible. It could be the Bulls, mm-hmm. like which I know we just lost to them. But, I mean, it, it's still entirely possible. Now, would we go far in the playoffs? I hate to have to disagree with you, Jason, but I don't foresee it because the, the best of the East is, like, stupidly good this year. But... Hey, I don't discredit them for if they wanted to try their best in the playoffs because ultimately, I don't think we should be in, like, tank rebuild mode because we could. We could see what happens in the draft. But we have such great young guns. You know, we've got OG. We've got Siakam. We've got Van Fleet. We've got Gary Trent Jr. now. We've got Boucher. Those guys alone are like, what a promising future. And – I feel like our primary problem isn't coaching, even though some of Nick nurses scramblings to try and fix things, you know, may not have looked great, but I I don't think it's a coaching. I don't think it's a talent thing. I feel like we've gotten the short end of the stick a lot with COVID with a lack of a home game type of mentality. Yep. I think it's honestly just one or two key pieces. So a really good center, which we could figure out in the off season, um, anything like just a couple of moves. And I honestly believe that. So would I want them to try and get into the play in? Yeah. And I absolutely think that they, that they could reach the playoffs in doing so reach the playoffs, exit the first round. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Jay, before we get your take, before we take the break, uh, Aunt Caperness, uh, today during the broadcast, she kind of explained how the playing tournament goes. So, seven and eight are going to face each other. Nine and 10 are going to face each other. The winners of seven and eight will face the winner of nine and 10. And the winner of that game will become the eighth spot. Hold so- on,
0: hold on, hold on, no, no. no. Winner of seven and eight moves on and is the seven. Yes, yes, yes. That's the loser of
2: that faces the winner of nine and ten. Oh uh,
1: that makes yes, sense. Yes, yes. I apologize. I apologize. So, oh, so
2: similar to the bubble with uh with uh, the the Grizzlies or whatever, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. basically the okay. nine and ten matchup you have to win twice to get into the playoffs. Oof. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sorry. Uh, let, let me use this opportunity then to to quickly um you know add to what, what Dre said. I'm also not a fan of tanking, and in fact I'm gonna use this opportunity to plug my own work. Um my weekly column the wrap up on Monday, this past Monday, I, I tried to introduce a new term called vulturing. Now, the reason, vulturing. if you haven't read it, the, 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 the meaning behind it is this, you know, tanking for me, I don't know about you guys, but for me, tanking means that not only are you sinking really fast and trying to blow the season, but even just the term tank implies that the ascent is slow. And I'm not suggesting that. And I don't think Mm -hmm. any of us would want that. We don't want a slow ascent. We are not the Sixers. We're not going to tank and wait three years before we're good again. No. The point is to do bad now and be good already next season. So I'm suggesting maybe we don't tank. And I use the reference of birds of prey. And one of those birds of prey are vultures. And what they do is when they want to eat... (laughs) They're, they're flying above, and they quickly swoop down, use their claws, grab their food, and go back up. So I'm suggesting that the Raptors vulture this year. They quickly mm-hmm. dip into the lottery, grab that high draft pick, and then climb right back up next season and be a 50-plus win team. Now, this is just me playing around with words and essentially saying tanking in a different way. But I'm trying to make vulturing happen, folks. And the Raptors <laughs> are actually not too far from that if we want to take a look at how many games you have left jason you said there's quite a few left there are 20 games left and seven of those 20 games are against the nets the nuggets the jazz the lakers and the clippers so wow it's a tough road and the raptors are already losing they've already lost the tiebreaker to the bulls they've already lost the tiebreaker to the hawks they're you know so so the the numbers are the, the number of games are are dwindling, and the number of opportunities for the Raptors to even get into the playoff tournament are also dwindling. But I will say this: I will also rebut my own rebuttal here and say, if you are the Bucks, if you are the Nets, if you are the Sixers, who are you afraid of facing in that first round? The Raptors have got to be up there. You're you're 100%. not afraid of the Bulls. You're not afraid of the Knicks the or Knicks. the Hornets. You are not afraid of them. I'm sorry to say, no matter how good your season mm-hmm. has been, you are afraid of the Raptors. So mm-hmm. I'm good either way. If we end up not making the playoffs, then we can go ahead and draft Cade or Mobley or Suggs or whatever. But if we make the playoffs, you better watch out because that means that this this team has found some sort of a rhythm and that also means that they're healthy. So for me, the rest of the season is a win-win. Mm-hmm.
1: The, the winner of the playoffs is usually not the the most talented is the team that plays the best and if we're in our stride i mean you you never know what will happen you really never know but all right let's take a little bit a little bit of a break um raptor fans let us know what you think about this crazy week of buzzer beaters of suspensions of you know kem birch of you know suplexes man that was a that was a crazy week we the raptors just had but let us know uh make sure to follow us on twitter that's a rat pod and We'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about, you know, some NBA jerseys. Talk to you soon.
2: we ain't got time for you let's move on to jerseys all right cool so what are we talking about <laughs> oh man
1: oh okay so i wrote this down before and and i just wanted to ask you real quick real quick okay if if people are still saying kobe when they shoot anything into a bus into a basket what do you think players say when there's a nice assist do they say like kid or stockton. do they say
2: stockton <laughs> stockton, stockton. <laughs> That's a I little so. too like it's a little too silly, Stockton.
0: <laughs> it, it, but it but it rolls off the tongue like Kobe.
2: Stockton. You know what they should say it does. They should yeah, say right. white chocolate. Jason Williams.
1: I you know, but I agree. I think it has to be a two syllable. It's got two syllables. Ooh, yeah, magic, magic, be works. Yeah, yeah. Magic, magic works. Yeah, yeah. Lowry still works too. Lowry. But Lowry mm, yeah.
2: Freddie. Yeah, <laughs> I don't
1: know. <laughs> no, that's
2: forty-three. That's got to be forty-three. <laughs> splash Bandicoot. I'm gonna make Splash Bandicoot work. You're, you're gonna make some vulturing work. I'm gonna make Splash Bandicoot work. Red fan, please, nice. Splash Bandicoot. Keep, please, guys, let's make it catch on. I
1: love so, it. Please, please. All right. So, welcome back to That's a Red Podcast, a podcast by fan, by Raptors fans, for Raptors fans. The first half of the episode, we talked about a lot about the Raptors. Uh with you know with good reason because it was a crazy week but you know what i want to talk about some nba and most specifically the wnba the wnba jerseys that just came out they are fire i'm just gonna say it right now man these wnba jerseys are so much nicer than the nba jerseys like head and shoulders head and shoulders nicer like did you guys have like there's at least four or five that are like fantastic
2: like god did you guys get a chance to see them Yes, absolutely. Not only
0: did I see them, I I've already been scouring Nike and the WNBA site. I'm trying I'm trying to get yeah. my hands on these.
2: What are you going to get?
0: 100%. Oh, uh, let's let's dive straight into that. Okay. Which ones would you want to get, right? Cuz like uh, I'll just name two off the top of my head. Number 1, the Indiana's uh, Stranger Things jersey. Yes. 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 And and New York's Equality jersey or even yeah phoenix just so i can get a nurse jersey like it's there's there's just so much like sign me up man dre mm-hmm. what was your favorite
2: oh god i like even like ah oh, like okay so there are two sets and uh, each of the 12 teams yeah they get two even like the regular looking ones Like, that Minnesota Lynx one is so clean. The Dallas Wings one is so clean. But then you skip over to the creative ones. Chicago is, like, looks like broken glass. That's awesome. Uh, The Minnesota one is just, like, so killer looking. Uh, Oh, God. The Indiana Fever. Yeah, the Stranger Things look is just amazing. But, like, the color combinations, the, uh, the usage of the logo in all of these is amazing. But if I had to pick, this isn't the NBA where I follow like a couple of teams. I'm a Seattle guy. I've got to go. Yeah, with I figured. Form. you t- like, no <laughs> I. <laughs> Okay. Well, will I, will I lie and say that they're the best of the jerseys. No, but they're still really cool. I love these Seattle looks. So they're good mm. enough for me. Plus that new logo. It's not on here. It's on their official Jersey, their new logo. It's really grown on me. So yeah. Give me Seattle merch all day, any day.
1: Hmm. Jason, do you got uh, a favorite? Line, I I would have to say there I got 3 of them. Um in a particular order, but I obviously I really like the Indiana Fever one. Oh, I'm yeah. a huge stranger things fan. I love the uh, the Las Vegas uh, alternate the Aces one mm. that's nice and clean. Yep. And my favorite one, my absolute favorite one is the the message behind it is the Washington Mystics one with the rise mm. because yes. in the in in the white i guess border underneath the rise you have the words and the script of the 19th amendment which granted women to, the right to vote wow
2: amazing now, that i didn't know is, that
0: it's very subtle yeah you don't see it yeah. from like the first picture but when you scroll in mm-hmm. yeah it's
2: there oh. Also, quick yeah. shout out to the to the it's Sparks jersey. Yeah, I forgot to point that one out. That yeah, was, I was gonna say
0: I was cool. gonna say the exact same thing. Like honorable mention to the Sparks because that yeah. was that's pretty dope. Yeah, but that Rise
2: mm-hmm. jersey. I didn't know that. See, that's like that's I I've got no words for that. That's amazing. Actually, if yeah, I absolutely. if we're gonna be
0: giving honorable mentions, I I want these game theater sets too. Like I I want to see them for all the teams where it's like you see like the hoodies, the vest, the shorts, like the whole getup. Like they've yeah. shown a couple of them here for like the, the Liberty, and I think uh, I forgot which other team showed it, but I think it was uh, Chicago as well. But yeah, I, I want I want so much merch. It's it's incredible. Like this <laughs> is a very well done uh, design by Nike here. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Oh man, that
1: my uh. The Money is going into that Washington Mystics ones for sure, though 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, NBA fans, WNBA fans, let us know which jersey you like the most. I think all of them are beautiful, to be honest. I gotta ask you, man, Dre, this the the movie Nut Man. I know that you know Space Jam is probably not like the, <laughs> the critically acclaimed movie of all time, no, but it's not. <laughs> but after watching that space space jam the new legacy starring lebron james trailer what it, i had to, i had to ask i have to ask let me okay let me just preface and say this all right he i was i was watching the the shop the uh uninterrupted the shop on hbo and where where lebron james was talking about going through and filming space jam in 2019 so they finally are releasing this in 2021 but think about it the Toronto Raptors were winning a championship in 2019.
2: <laughs> that's why <laughs> so so he, had yeah. that,
1: he had that on his mind while, while doing space jam, but I just wanted to digress. I, you know, I just wanted to <laughs> throw that out there, but what do you guys think? I ha- we have to ask you this question. We have to ask Jay the same thing. I mean, first of all, for both of you guys, was space jam a big thing in your, in your childhood? The, the, the okay, Michael see, that's space a different jam? question.
2: <laughs> so yeah. like any kid of my age or our age, rather, God, Space Jam was like the freaking movie where it's like, okay, this boy or girl's mom, they're going to be taking us to the theater. It's going to be a pizza party. There's going to be like 10 of us. We did that. It was like, I remember this, this friend of mine, George, it was his mom brought all of us. Like there was like 10 of us. We went to go see Space Jam at a theater. It was like the highlight I had Sprite as if it was alcohol. It's like, man, I'm an adult now. Like this is like, (laughs) this is like the thing. And, Uh, the the problem with being so heavily into movies like like I am especially from an objective level is it kills a lot of your childhood I think Space Jam is a freaking mess of a film so that's uh, (laughs) I I don't want to go too deeply into that because like this is very big to this is very pertinent to a lot of people's childhoods so I'm not going to go into why Um, I've got my reasons but looking at this trailer and I I always try to be open-minded looking at this trailer i've got a few things first off have either of you seen ready player one
1: yes yes. (laughs) okay shout out to ready player one with all the iron giant and all all the throwbacks of all the you know cartoon characters crazy man love it
2: so i've got to say if they're going to revisit this thing which i don't think is very good at least they're going at it with such a a unique peculiar angle first off secondly I don't know if you guys know this about me. Sorry,
0: sorry. I need. I'm. Um, I apologize for for cutting you off. Yeah. we are recording this on Thursday evening, right after the Raptors game. I'm cutting you off here because we're breaking news. Patrick McCaw has just been waived by oh. the Raptors, and I just wanted to get your your initial reaction there. Oh. Three-time NBA champion Patrick was McCaw. this be-
1: was this because we were Philly or we had too many roster spots,
0: or is it the, the fact That it's the opposite. The Raptors are short. So this is a yeah. shocker to me. Without any context. And again, I apologize, Dre, for cutting you off. No, it's all right. But this this literally, this tweet just came through from Shams. Really odd that Raptors who huh. again, today, eight men, eight men suited up today. Yeah. They're relying on Gillespie, Freddie Gillespie to at least be a body. They're relying on Ken Birch to somehow, you know, make make uh wow man, this is this is really
2: odd to me. Patrick McCaw, three-time champion, is three-time off champ. the Raptors. So, does that mean the free agency is gonna get a ring? How does that work? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let, you know what? Let's just say that I'm I'm
1: I'm happy and I'm sad that RHJ got a spot in Portland. Yeah, ten day, absolutely, because he would have been so like we we've been trying you know to manifest that as much as possible. So the fact that he got a ten day with Portland, that's that's fantastic. I mean, for a love of God. Uh, Demarcus Cousins got a ten day. Okay, so let's just see. Uh, obviously, I think the Raptors are trying to f- uh, open up a roster spot. I don't think they're done, which which kind of emphasizes the fact that I don't think they're done with this season. I don't care what anyone says about the Tank Nation. Fade for Cade. Go That's for a very subs. good point. I, they're I
2: totally don't really figuring that they're something done. out.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. because he's 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 injured again, right? He has been injured all year and he's been battling it. You could very if you weren't actually tanking or vulturing or whatever, then you would just keep him on the roster as dead space because you don't care Mm -hmm. about winning. So, very good point. I think they are there. That's not in it. Was never in their DNA. So this is another. While while it's odd since the team is kind of shorthanded, it's also a sign that because the team is shorthanded, they can't wait for him to get healthy, and. Yeah, it's uh it's it's an unfortunate for a Nick Nurse favorite, but mm-hmm. um it is what it is. And um yeah. I remember when he came back, I don't remember who for the life of me of who they were
1: playing against, but you could tell that Patrick McCall was a not only a, a nurse favorite, but also like a teammate favorite. Everybody was cheering for him on the sidelines mm-hmm. when Patrick McCall got got, you know, a touch of the basketball. Did he get a basket? I don't think so. But if he did I mean, the bench would have gone crazy. So, there you have it, Raptors fans. Three time champ Patrick McCall. Uh, he's a championship on our eyes, at least. You know, but well, I, here's
0: I- the thing: is right. We again because we're recording this on the Thursday, which is April the eighth. April the ninth is actually the deadline to ensure that you have players on your roster who are playoff eligible. So that's Uh. why we're seeing all of these players getting waived and players getting picked up. There's this mad rush to do this all by April the 9th. So... Patrick McCaw, maybe he lands on another team. I doubt it within the next twenty four <laughs> hours. He's on but, the Nets. Uh... I
2: swear to God,
0: <laughs> <laughs> everyone's gonna be. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's <laughs> happening.
2: Yeah. They're gonna win a ring.
0: <laughs> the Nets are calling Amen. him. Up right he, now. he
1: he has to get his fourth one,
0: right? <laughs> he has more
1: wings than the, he has more rings than James Harden.
2: Oh well, way. he's gonna get his first if he is on the Nets. So yeah,
1: well, we'll we'll see.
2: Uh, all right, um,
1: so w- breaking news. Patch McCall is no longer a Raptor. We'll see what happens uh, later on this week. Obviously, you're going to listen or we're going to record again next week. So we'll see if there is a roster spot uh, to fill that.
0: Yes. but maybe you know who Who knows maybe they'll uh they'll, they'll sign him with the the monsters what, what do you think they're uh Dre, is that, is that possible <laughs> good, good. Uh,
2: good transition good transition I, I, I mean uh i i don't have a good segue for that i was gonna say mediocre player for a crappy team but i mean in a crappy movie <laughs> but i can't say that uh uh moving on <laughs> but no okay okay
1: so moving back going back to the space jam legacy um i i really okay it's I get it. It's not going to be a very good movie in critical form. I mean, space jam itself wasn't a very good one, but if there was anybody to redo a space jam, this is where I think that I'm glad it was LeBron because there was, you know, in the eras, right. You have bird magic, Jordan, Kobe, LeBron. And I don't really know who it is right now, to be honest, but I'd say at the moment it's LeBron. Kobe was he I think he was too cool <laughs> to do, like
2: he, no, he's busy with Oscars for his movies thank you he was much. exactly
1: exactly <laughs> he's like he's going for the gold like Kobe was he would always go for the gold and go for the win he wasn't gonna do a space jam not saying that I'm, I'm not taking credit out of out of LeBron but LeBron has he has the character He's, you know, he's acted in comedies before. So and the fact that he is, you know, by far the most successful, the the face of the NBA for like almost two decades. I'm glad it's LeBron. So when I first saw this, I, I was I was happy. Like it, it didn't bring out like, a, oh, my God, I have to see this in theaters. But it did bring out like, I remember this. I remember the feeling of Space Jam mm-hmm. and I can't wait to watch it. I, and it's not going to be in the theaters, but I can't wait to watch it at home.
2: Oh yeah. So I've got like a couple of, uh couple of things. So uh, yeah, first off, um, it looks very inventive, which is, which is nice. Secondly, uh, what I was bringing up before, I don't know if either of you guys know this, but uh, one of my favorite films of all time, especially of the eighties is who framed Roger rabbit. And nice. So nice. I think it is like a genius merging of animation and, and live action. So I, I say that because, if you haven't seen roger rabbit i don't want to spoil but they get a little bit more inventive with the whole two worlds thing than just you know animations live with humans
0: right you know particularly
2: with how live action it incorporates is incorporated in animated and etc so when i can see in this in a similar fashion that lebron goes into the 2d world and becomes 2d and when when the Looney Tunes come into the into our world and they're like CGI, that's pretty interesting. I do like that approach. Like they're clearly going more for a like alternative universe type thing, which is all the rage. A, a lot of things are doing it. Like you know, try to figure that out and how to tell stories that way. So it's certainly not a cheap, easy way out. Like we're just going to redo the same thing. It's a very similar story, but it's it also isn't on that front, it looks great as well. But the one, the one thing I've noticed that isn't like a complaint I would have had already about like the idea of space jam and the idea of a sequel. And I hate saying this cause I thought he was actually pretty good in train uh, LeBron looks like he's going to be wooden as hell in this, in my opinion, like the little snippets <laughs> of acting I got, I've seen train wrecked and I'm like, okay, this isn't like godly performance ever, but like it looked like he was going to be better, better than Michael. I don't know anymore. <laughs> like It just looked, it just looked so wooden. Like it was, it was pretty rough. Yeah. It was pretty rough. But you know, in again, general, you know, like it looks like it's going to be inventive.
1: but the Raptors were winning a championship. So you know that he was thinking about
0: that. Yeah, Maybe he was all in
2: his feelings. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jay, any, any thoughts, man? Nah, man, I've, I've got nothing to add to this. Um, I, it's, it's, it's a nostalgic move. Move for me. At least the first one was. And I, I'm hoping that this is good. I, this I agree with everything that both of you have said, um, specifically about how there's the nostalgia behind it, but also I'm not racing to to watch this. I don't even know if my kids would be interested in, it, to be honest. But uh, I'll definitely make some time for it. I, I do like the fact that the 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 good squad, or is is filled with um, is showing some love here and and adding in uh, Diana Tarazi and Neneka mm-hmm. Ogumeke. Like it's this is. A, this is a sign of the times, if anything, and it, you know the 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 small reference to the Dwayne Wade to LeBron James, uh, Ali, oh, yeah. who was kind of cool in the just trailer with Lola Rabbit, yeah,
2: who Lola Rabbit who's been desexualized. The people are upset about it. You've got to get a <laughs> life, Jesus Christ! But <laughs> yes, that nod is is really cool, and and yeah. I, they they clearly put a lot of thought into this because yeah. one of my biggest problems with Space Jam is it clearly was just a big plug for the jordan brand it was clearly a big plug to like mcdonald's and nike and all these other sponsors that were featured um like the scene with Wayne knight aka newman is like unapologetically like a sponsor like lace up your nikes get let's get a big mac and a gatorade whatever he says Um, this clearly looks like it's trying to actually be something so even if it Mm -hmm. isn't i appreciate that it's got it's got that effort in it and it, there's no. one thing that wasn't
0: in the trailer that I'm kind of looking forward to is apparently Draymond Green is in the movie, and I just want to see what he says. I want to see how he looks. I want to see what he says. I, want I just want more Draymond Green. Is he gonna kick
2: some of these balls? This movie. This is, is that, what this is, is what, is what I, want I want to know.
0: There's no indication <laughs> if he's on the good squad or the goon squad, so I want to see uh, what Draymond Green does <laughs> in this
2: movie.
1: You do get to see a robot. uh Ad. Uh, Damien no, Damian Lillard. And Damian like Lillard, a yeah like a shoulder clock or something like that. It was
2: it was pretty cool. oh, oh I didn't notice that. That's cool.
1: Yeah hey raptor fans jason here just want to let you know that during this recording we heard some breaking news that later turned out to be false so in respect of all parties and families we're going to scratch that conversation and end this episode here so make sure to follow dre on twitter at andreasbabs a-n-d-r-e-a-s-b-a-b-s And Jay Rosales on Twitter at Rosalesaurus, R-O-S-A-L-E-S-A-U-R-U-S. Man, Jay, that is a mouthful. And make sure to follow all of us on Twitter at That's A Rap Podcast. But until then, that's a wrap.